Lord, help us to uh, understand what you want to say to us this morning through this uh, letter of Paul's. In Jesus' name, amen. A couple of decades back, the whole area of spiritual gifts was quite controversial in my experience of church. I was a fresh young Christian, that's probably closer to three and a half decades back, and I was in a fairly conservative context. And does anyone remember John Wimber? Some of you are that old? Yep. (laughs) He was a charismatic kind of guy in the US and had discovered all sorts of interesting expressions of the Spirit's gifting in, in his ministry and so forth. And people were going after these things and reacting to them. And the Sydney church that I was part of was quite polarised by them. Uh, Claims of special insight and then reactions against manipulation and coercion, all sorts of stuff going on. And at the same time we saw the beginnings of the rise of what was the Pentecostal church in Sydney. Um, They'd been around for a long time but they started to become quite large. That's all kind of dissipated more recently. I don't, I don't know if it's the circles I move in or whether it really has just stopped being as controversial, but people don't seem to fuss in the same way about spiritual gifts anymore. But they're really, really important. And uh, at the start of this little section here, Paul wants to actually say that everybody is gifted. Whether you're a Christian or not, Uh, whether you know God or not, you will have gifts because it's part of the image of God in you and you have gifts and you offer them. And in some kind of way here, he's kind of saying, you used to use your gifts according to the way you were led in your pagan ways, the ways of the world. And uh, now you can use them in a new way. To be human is to be gifted. Aren't we amazing? Aren't we not amazing? Any person you care to meet, if you get to know them at depth, you will be really blown away at what they can offer as a human being to other human beings. We are extraordinary. Just being together and helping each other in simple ways. Everything from uh, the social needs of company to practical needs of lifting something because I'm a tall person, I can get high shelves, whatever it might be. We do all of this kind of stuff all the time without even thinking about it. But you can listen more deeply to what your gifts are saying and the way that you use them and what they're saying. Our gift, in a sense, is what we offer one another. And the way we do that is led by one spirit or another. Our evolutionary nature means that we're configured for survival. Okay, that's, we're survivors, the, the ones that survive are the survivors and the way we go about life evolutionarily is we survive. And most of us in our default setting will contribute to others approximately according to the way we think it will benefit us. That's what we do without thinking. Now, I'm not casting nasturtions at you or anything like that. That's just the survival instinct in us. We participate in the community because it actually benefits us to participate in the community. And we like to get on with our neighbours because you know, it's safer to get on with your neighbours and have your neighbours at your neck kind of thing. So our default unthinking setting is we participate and offer what we've got to offer roughly according to how we 
without even thinking about it, consider it healthiest for us. Okay, that's our default setting. That's the pagan way. Our gifts will do that. We will, and everybody does that. They don't have to be Christian to do that. People are helpful because they know it's good to be helpful because they need to be part of a community, a society, etc. Now, some people haven't even got that worked out and they're not quite as evolved and so forth. But you know that saying, um, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours? Apparently, it comes from um, uh, lashes and, and people going easy on someone if you go easy on me when it's my turn to be lashed. But I thought about it, I thought it could just as easily be uh, learnt from watching chimpanzees. You see the way they, they pick the stuff out of And they're doing a service to each other because that's what they need. And we are kind of wired like that. We will look after each other because we need to look after each other unless the system becomes very dysfunctionalised. So think about the power of your gift and what it achieves, what, what you are offering to the world achieves. One of the most gifted people in recent years um, that I've been aware of is that guy Steve Jobs. Do you remember him? He was involved with Apple computers and really turned the company around and came up with the iPhone, which changed the way we communicate and um, spend hours and hours of our time and dollars and dollars of our money and all this sort of stuff. Many Apple fans would even call Steve Jobs' gifts spiritual because they, they're so caught up in that world. They, they love that. His products are amazing. I mean, they're literally amazing. One of the main features of his products are that they will amaze you, if you think about that for a moment. You know? It's not what it does so much that it amazes you as it does it. That's the attraction of so many Apple products. It's a good question to wonder... Do they make us more patient? Do they make us wiser? Do they move us to care for people who are marginalised or who need our assistance? Do Apple products do that? I mean, they're kind of could, I suppose, but left to their own. Do they direct us to Christ? Do they build up the body of followers? Now, there's nothing wrong with Steve Jobs' giftedness. He's done amazing stuff and produced amazing products. And in fact, one of my favourite quotes of his, he says, my favourite things in life don't cost any money. It's really clear that the most precious resource we all have is time. Steve Jobs said that. I think it's really true. And it fascinates me that his products are probably used most of all for time-wasting. Isn't that fascinating? See, see, how our gifts, what they produce, tells us something. Are we saying Jesus is accursed? And accursed means shut out. Or are we saying Jesus is Lord? Central, that's where meaning and life is about. You can look at how you're using your gifts. Now there's a variety of gifts and uh, Jeff read this really well and it really emphasised, you know, there's this and 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 people have gone through Paul's letters and tried to assemble exhaustive lists of the gifts that Paul mentions in his letters. But if he'd written more letters, there would have been more things listed. It's almost like there's an unending array of possible ways that the Spirit can empower you to be a blessing 
to the community. It's, it's not a, there's no exhaustive list. There's no these are the things you can and can't do kind of situation here, I think. The point is that the variety is as vast as the variety of flowers you will see in the world, some of which have not yet been discovered because they're in such remote places. Some gifts have not yet been discovered because the need has not arisen for those gifts at this time. Because gifts are called forth that are appropriate to the need of the hour. That's the nature of it. It's the situation that calls forth the gift. Now there's a variety of effects. So just because you've got the gift of mm, doesn't mean you will do it exactly in the same way who, of the other person who also has that same gift. Or indeed, if you exercise that gift, the impact of it might be different in different people. There's a variety. The, don't try and nail this stuff down into a textbook of this is what you must do and this is what will happen when you do it and these are the ABCs and the one, two, threes of it. The variety is too vast and you're wasting your time and you don't need to do that. It is so, so vast. And it, they're distributed all over the place. Not everybody is equally gifted. Some people are really gifted. You're almost jealous they're so gifted and that could potentially be a good jealousy if the jealousy is that you're jealous to serve people as much as that person is serving. That's, I think that's an okay kind of jealousy. We have other kinds of jealousy as well, of course. Uh, the number of gifts, the power of the gift, the capacity in the giftedness, um, and I think desire to serve is one of the key aspects with regard to giftedness. If you've got a really strong desire to serve, that's something that God is very ready to say amen to and give you the resources that you need to do the task that is on your heart to do. So if you're jealous for gifts, become jealous to serve the body of Christ and see what comes your way. See what will develop in your heart as a result. And these things are kind of a bit fuzzy as well. We've got um, some family friends and their greatest gift to us is simply hospitality. Like they don't go out of their way to do anything in particular for us, but every time we spend time with this family, we are nurtured and nourished. And they don't sit us down and give us a counselling session or a bit of biblical teaching here or anything else. It's just the way they love us the way they are with us, the example they provide for us, mature, uh, godly relationship, the way they treat their children, all that sort of stuff, and it nurtures us. It's just, that's their spiritual gift, and they don't even know they're doing it, and it's a beautiful thing. So if you're sitting here this morning thinking, how do I know what my gifts are? What do you love to do? That could be a clue. It might not be, but it could be. What needs doing? Even clearer possible clue, if there's something that needs doing, maybe that's calling you into it. What do other people think that you could be helpful with? Sometimes other people are, well, they're more objective by the very nature that they're not you, but they might see things in you that they call forth from you. They're the good places to start. And then think about in the things that you're doing, the things that you believe you're gifted in, do you point people to Christ when you do that? 
Do you operate in the spirit of God's spirit? And that means with the gentleness, with respect, with love, with kindness, in a way that is non-coercive, non-manipulative. Do you empower rather than disempower? Do you equip? Those sorts of things. And do you build the body? Does the body of Christ become stronger as a result of what you're doing? Because even though there's this vast diversity of gifts and their impact and how well they're distributed around the place and so forth, there's these amazing points of unity. There is one Lord, Jesus. And that's where everything is pointed towards. Not because he's an egomaniac, but because the nature of Christ is self-giving love. And that's where all these gifts are going. Self-giving love. Love stronger than death. Love beyond death. That kind of thing. They point people to Jesus and Jesus' values. If the use of a gift simply puffs up the person or draws attention to the person operating in the gift, it's probably not their spiritual gift. It's something else or they're misusing it. Either way, it's not helping the body of Christ. And you do see that, don't you? See people operating in particular ways and all you really notice is them. And you'd be none the wiser about the nature of Christ or his values or the way he operates in the world and so forth. There is one spirit. Even though there's this vast array of gifts and different ways that they can be exercised and they're distributed in all sorts of different places in different capacities and so forth, they're all conducted according to the spirit of God. And we know the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is a gentle spirit. It is the Spirit of love. It's a Spirit that knows you better than you know yourself. It's a Spirit of hospitality that's embracing. It is not coercive. It is not manipulative. It does not operate from fear. It does not manipulate by guilt. It's life-giving. We know that Spirit That's how the gifts operate, in those ways. And there is one body, and the Spirit's gifts are about strengthening the body of Christ. It encourages and strengthens the whole group together. And this isn't always immediately apparent because sometimes there's some tough passages we have to go through and truths we have to tell each other. And you know in any relationship, those of you who have known other people, and that's just about everybody here, if there's truth to tell in a relationship, sometimes the relationship goes through rocky times, but it needs truth to be told. That builds the relationship. We need to be honest and, and build each other in that way. By and large, we need to broaden our focus when we're thinking about spiritual gifts. In years ago, when this was all the rage for me, people got really excited about things like gifts of prophecy or speaking in tongues or words of wisdom, these sorts of things. And there was, you know, have you got this gift? And did you see the person with that gift? And really to focus just on that aspect puts it all out of whack. You've got to focus out more broadly and ask those questions that we were asking before. What's the impact of what the person who claims to have the gift is doing? How does it reveal Jesus? 
Is it being exercised in a manner consistent with God's spirit? Is it building the body of Christ? That's when we know this is a spiritual gift that's being used properly. Now you probably have untold examples in your own experience or from watching televangelists of how these things can be misused and really destructive. But misuse shouldn't mean we don't use. We are called to participate in this amazing ministry of Christ. We have been gifted. These are, there's gifts that we know about and there's other gifts that are latent within us which circumstances will call forth from us. We don't know what's going to happen this year, do we? None of us do. The circumstances of this year will draw things out of you. Listen to what the Spirit is saying. God is calling you into ministry. That may not be singing or dancing or it may be quiet, it may be here, it may be there, but listen to what the Spirit is saying. Circumstances will call gifts from you. They will help people see Christ. They will be exercised according to the Spirit of God and they will build the body of Christ. These are the three touchstones so that you know whether that's the spiritual gift operating or not. Lord, we thank you that you do empower us by your Spirit. You give us the gifts we need to do the work that you're calling us to do and we thank you that there are very clear, objective markers so that we don't get lost. Please open our eyes both to the opportunities and the needs that are before us and to ourselves as we listen to ourselves and listen to other people in regard to ourselves as to what you're calling us into because we don't want to miss out on the fullness of the life that you have for us. We want to really go fully into that, that we might fully live with you to the glory of your name. Amen.